to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Zar. We have another fantastic episode for you today. We are talking about how the new SpongeBob game is just a little bit mid, okay? Glimpses of power ups in the new Super Mario movie, GoldenEye 007 and Rose Tinted Glasses. And as always, we will end with some quick takes and some game releases. But, of course, we need to start off. What are we drinking right now, Zar? Well, we're both being basic bitches today with Bud Lights that I brought. <laughs> that, that were in the car for the entire day. Yes. Oh, I, fucking joy. I got to work. And like, as I was leaving for work today, I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to have time to go get anything interesting to drink. So I just grabbed some Bud Lights from my fridge. They have been sitting in my car since like 8 a.m. this morning, and we're recording at 5 p.m. It's funny because you can... Uh, it's hard with light beer, but, like, you can almost tell that it was, like... Like, do you feel like the tail end of Bud Light is almost a little fruitier? A little bit, or, like, syrupy, almost. I can almost get banana. <laughs> Drinking that sour banana again. I No, maybe it's just, yeah, from last week, lingering around, but no. You holding out on me with that sour banana? Just drinking it out in the parking lot without me, like a degenerate? No. So, first of all, I paid $20... For a four pack of that beer, fuck! I didn't know that. I would have, I would have for, sipped it slowly. For twenty dollars, that beer better make me lose weight and see fucking god. <laughs> First of all, no, it just makes koalas cry. Yeah, I guess <laughs> twenty bucks for a four. It was good beer, but it wasn't twenty dollars worth. No, maybe in like a venue you could get four of them for twenty, but not I, not, not market just, price. Yeah, and it's funny because it was just like. You know, I finally have big boy jobs, so I was going through, like, what Crosstrain has, like, I don't need price tags. And then they're like, <laughs> I'll be eighteen fifty for... You know. Ooh, wait a minute. Maybe I don't have as big a boy job as I thought. <laughs> I saw the I need price tags. So, yeah, $20 for beer. Fucking hell. Well. Yeah. Now, well. So going back to Bud Light, it just humbles you up a little bit, you know? All right, what games are you playing right now, man? All right, so I'm still hitting up Metro. That's that's going. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I figured you would have gotten bored. I, I am getting bored of it. I think I'm getting close to the end of the game. Um, it's almost like semi-open world-ish. But, right. you know, so that's still trekking. What I really want to talk about today is I just started Back for Blood with one of my buddies. And I got to say, every opinion I had about Back for Blood has changed. Really? I really like this game now. Um, it, it would not hold the same appeal if I was playing it by myself. And so thankfully, I do have a buddy to participate in with this. But yeah, it's it's just kind of a souped up Left 4 Dead. It's, it's like, you know, you go through all of the levels in Left 4 Dead, mm -hmm. but instead of just picking up the Magnum or picking up the shotgun, you pick up a common shotgun or an uncommon shotgun or even a legendary shotgun. 
And so, like, all of your, your weapons and all of the attachments for each weapon has its own scale of rarity from common to legendary. Yeah. And you, like, get to take them through, uh, like, if you beat the, the whole act, you get to take your guns and, like, into the next area, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they just, they did a pretty good job. It's not super intuitive. Uh, it, there are very little tutorials. It is a lot and very overwhelming when they just, when you start the game and they toss you into the camp and it's like, you can build a deck. You can customize guns that you don't have yet. You can go see the training range. And it just kind of has that Anthem vibe to it. You know, the Anthem hub world? Yeah. Yeah. And and so, like, they definitely took inspiration for the multiplayer aspects from games like Anthem, Destiny. But it's not overdone. It's not mm. overly grindy. And it's just a modern Left 4 Dead experience. And I'm really enjoying it. Good. Good. I'm glad. It's really funny because, like, I did pick up Back for Blood. I just tried it for, like, 30 minutes because it was on Game Pass. And I don't, like, all the shit people were talking, like, I didn't feel like any of it was fair. Now, given it was 30 minutes of playtime. But that's, that's, nonetheless, I was, like, I was having fun. Like, yeah, it's, it's a fun experience. And, I mean, most of my opinions from the game came from playing the beta. But, obviously, this game is not in beta anymore. And being out of beta, they really pristined it. They rounded off all of the sharp edges and it's sure. it's very seamless. Right on. Yeah. What are you what are you hitting up now? All right, all right. You're going to love this. All right. You're going to love this. So I took uh, I took my own advice. I synced up my Nintendo uh 3DS account to the Switch. I put the points on the Switch. I got those points to the 3DS and I started a huge binge of buying every fucking game that I can that I think will be of any value, right? <laughs> all the Pokémon's all the Zeldas, some of the Marios, like just anything where I'm like, oh yeah, people are definitely going to want to play Super Mario Kart for the SNES in five years. It's a good party game. You might it's have not. a few people. It's oh. not. I I tried it. It's awful. Oh, all right. Sadness. Anyway, anyway, just for the hell of it, I uh, started playing Pokemon Gold. Hey, the OG Pokemon Gold on my 3DS. Good old ho oh. Mm hmm. And it's, it's actually hilarious because Christine is in the middle of the Elite Four for uh, Pokemon Sword. I'm very proud of her. Hey. I'm very proud of her because I, like, I have actually given her very little guidance. For it, It's her first Pokemon game ever. Ever. And I gave her very little guidance and she figured it out. Nice. That's a good one to start with, too. I think so, too. The, the Elite Four in Sword and Shield were no pushovers either. Like, you really need to take a good team in there. Oh, 100%. But we're in bed just watching Seinfeld and playing Pokemon together. And nice. it's really funny. Yeah, I know. It's the dream. I'm living that the dream. That is the dream. I'm looking over at her screen and seeing, like, the pristine Pokemon graphics. And then just looking back at my little sprite of fucking Heracross. <laughs> You're, like, 8-bit sprites. Yeah. <laughs> just all pixelated. Yeah. You don't even really know which Pokemon it looks like. And it's it's a little humbling because we talk a lot of shit on Pokemon and the new ways the new games look, right? But when you hold it up side by side, given Pokemon Gold came out in 2000. So yeah. that's a 23-year-old game, which is crazy to say. Yeah, I remember when that came out. Yeah, I know. It's scary, huh? It is. I yeah. hate time. It's an endless <laughs> ravage. But uh, we talk a lot of shit on new Pokemon, but honestly, hold it up side by side next to old Pokemon. It'll humble you up a little bit. You're like, you know what? Maybe we have made some strides. They they started somewhere that wasn't very pretty, but man, have they have they gotten somewhere very beautiful. 
And it's funny because first-gen Pokemon, like Pokemon uh, Red, Pokemon Blue, and then Pokemon Yellow, that's where I draw the line, where I'm just like, this actually looks and plays so badly that I'm almost not having fun. And, and all the trees right. you have to use cut on. <laughs> po- whereas, like, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal, I'm like, okay, clearly this isn't as good as old Pokemon, but, like, it, it's serviceable enough to where I'm still having fun, and I feel like I'm not. it's not just rose-tinted glasses. Like, this is, I'm legitimately having fun. Well, that's good. I mean, going back to your Pokemon roots and seeing where the origin of all of these games comes from, it, like you said, is very humbling. Yeah, 100%. It's a good trip down memory lane. So right now my team consists of Quillava. I did pick Cyndaquil. Ah, Mm -hmm. Totodile for life. I Usually I agree with you on the water type starter, but my last playthrough of Pokemon Crystal, which was about three years ago, I picked Totodile. So I'm like... Cyndaquil is usually my last choice between the Gen th- Gen two starters, so I'm like, eh, I'll pick up Cyndaquil. Really, you'd pick uh, Chikorita over Cyndaquil? One hundred percent. Wow. Meganium over Typhlosion? Huh. One hundred percent. I would definitely go Cyndaquil over Chikorita. I think Chikorita is the weakest of those starters, but to each his own. Yeah, it it just depends. But I mean, yeah. So that's where I'm at. I've got Quill Lava, uh, Noctowl, Heracross, which is by the way a fucking bitch to find. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's a very difficult Pokemon to find. I had to cheat to find it. Ah. <laughs> because it's like, to find Heracross, you need to use Headbutt on the right tree, right? Mm-hmm. But the right tree is determined by your ID number, your trainer ID number oh, wow. in the game. And how that changes will change what trees you are able to headbutt to find Heracross. And it's like one out of every 50 trees. Oh my god. So, but there's a cheat, like somebody painstakingly went through every ID number you could possibly generate and created a guide to find you, okay, based on your ID number, here's where you can headbutt trees and find Heracross. Shout out to that guy for wasting I don't know. Yeah. years of his no. life planning out ID codes Just for so Pokemon. I can get a Heracross. Just so JP can get a Heracross. But I love Heracross. He's one of my favorite bug types. Does Heracross in the original gold ha- exhibit its sexual dimorphism? And by that, I mean, does what the fuck? Cha- yeah, what are you talking does about? Does it change male to female in looks? Like, no. does the female have the heart horn? I think this was ahead of the time where Pokemon with different sexes actually changed its appearance. Okay, okay, that's kind of what I thought because I knew in Heart Gold, um, Heracross, depending on if you got the male or female, variant, right. its horn would look different. Yeah, so I I think we're not there yet. Ah, okay, okay. Honest to God, wasn't that something introduced in Gen Four? I think so, yeah. Just yeah. another reason Gen 4 supremacy, man. <laughs> we already heard your Pokemon great <laughs> debate. I fucked it up royally. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's uh, you can debate all day which one of us won, but there is one thing for sure. Zar didn't. You lost. <laughs> <laughs> you lost. You, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, not even close. <laughs> Listeners, go back and listen to that. That's I, an old episode it's at a this point. very old episode. I may, I may tag it in the description of this episode, but probably not just for my own. <laughs> yeah, just to save yourself the embarrassment. Yeah, it was a very embarrassing episode for Zar. <laughs> All right, Zar. I think I've made my point. Let's hear what you've got to say about Gen 3. Now, did anybody else know what a shiny was before this game? Because I sure didn't. Zach, 
For the second round, the floor is officially yours, my friend. Thank you. I really want to thank Czar for uh, giving me one of my points because I forgot. Gen 2 was actually the first generation to introduce shinies. And I believe the instance he was thinking about was when you go to the Lake of Rage and you save the Magikarp when you get the shiny Red Gyarados. So thank you for that point, Czar. All right. So I think it's time to get into the first article. We're talking about SpongeBob, and Zari, I believe this one belongs to you. All right, yes, because I have had a little bit of a vested interest in SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake. And so this is a review coming to us from Game Informer, written by Wesley LeBlanc. Wesley, thank you very much, man. Indeed. So apparently uh, SpongeBob SquarePants has been pretty mid as you mentioned in the uh, itinerary <laughs> yeah, of this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the complaints are about the gameplay though, saying it's dull, saying that it's very repetitive and that the reviewer of this article wishes there was more challenge. Interesting. Okay. Indeed. Um, a lot of this dullness comes from, just a few bugs that like cause the music to disappear, a couple hard crashes, which can be expected with every game, mm-hmm. and just a lack of interest. I mean, they put in 10 hours into the Cosmic Shake, and so that's a, that's a good amount of playtime. But I think that this reviewer kind of missed the entire point of the game they were playing. Yes! Yes, I'm glad you said that, because that's how I felt. I mean, and they even <sighs> acknowledge that, you know... Some of this gameplay is a little overly simplistic and not very in-depth in what you can do. Like, there aren't a bunch of fancy bells and whistles. Right. But this is a game for kids. Exactly. And, like, they said that some of the the side quests were a bit challenging, and they just wish some of that challenge would have rolled over into the main quest line. But... Exactly. Again, this is a game made for kids. It's not supposed to be overly hard so that kids can get through this game. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you remember gaming as a kid, but like, it's hard. Like, it's hard to figure out every nook and cranny and every play style and what you should and shouldn't do. Planning your moves three steps in advance. You're just a kid who's done with school and wants to play a fun game with your favorite nautical critters. I, here's the thing, like, I think that, number one, you are 100% right. This is not a game that is designed to be difficult, right? So, like, you take things like the bugs, like, that's one thing, right? Like, yeah, no game no from a reputable gaming company should ever be released with bugs, with these hard crashes, with this, that, or the other thing. But I think complaining about the difficulty of this game, or maybe, like, the repetitive gameplay or the ease of the platforming mechanics. I think that is fucking silly. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. My, I'm just, like you, when you pick up this game, cause you showed interest in picking up this game. I remember last yeah. week, motherfucker. Yeah. From a, the perspective of a 27 to 28 year old man. Why are you playing a SpongeBob game for the nostalgia? I, yes. I grew up with SpongeBob. I don't want, to be frustrated doing level again and again and again in SpongeBob. No, I want to take a break from getting slaughtered in Metro or Back for Blood right, right, right. and beat like six levels in SpongeBob because it's easy, it's fun, it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. That's what you come to SpongeBob for. And I, I want to go a little bit more into this about some more problems that this reviewer had. Yeah. Coming from the article, 
I grew either bored or outright annoyed with the writing. Hearing yeah. SpongeBob sing the Krusty Krab pizza song in unironic banger for the first few times was cute, but hearing him sing it randomly while I perform around a Hollywood-esque movie set for the tenth time is anything but. Listen to me, motherfucker. I literally, in my day-to-day life, will walk around and start singing that song. I'll sing that ten times just to myself. (laughs) It's the pizza for you and me. And on this point, what do children love? Repetition. Random dancing and repetition. Yes! (laughs) That is what sparks kids' interests. And so that is why the developers put shit like that in it. I mean... How many parents out there will understand this when their kid says, I want to watch this movie for the 10th time today. (laughs) Please, no. And you're like, still sing. That's who the market is for. Yeah. Not this Game Informer reviewer (laughs) who's annoyed with the Krusty Krab pizza stuck in his head, but for the kids who are going to be bebopping along to the Krusty Krab pizza song. Every single time SpongeBob if, sings it. If he if SpongeBob sings that song several times unprompted in the game, and you can hear like if you go down here, you can hear uh, the guy, the fish who goes my leg. Yeah, like that happens all the time. Like that's why people play this game. And this like they even talk about like the way that they embrace the characters like. To quote the article, Mr. Krabs is a money-hungry corsair in the pirate-themed world. Mrs. Puff runs the seahorse riding school in the Wild West level. This is taking SpongeBob nostalgia and doing something with the characters. I mean, what are you going to do next? Complain that the characters are too one-dimensional? That's the fucking point! Yeah, exactly! And, like, how repetitive the challenges are. Like, go there, get this, fight boss. It's not supposed to be overly complex. This is not going to be game of the year. (laughs) But this is going to be a big seller for Nickelodeon. And that is exactly the market hit. I I don't know. Like, what the fuck, guy? I just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk bad about the reviewer. But, like... No. Seriously... Learn that you are not it's, the target audience for this game. It, I mean, one hundred percent. Like, it, who's picking up that SpongeBob game for the character development and the in-depth mechanics? That's <laughs> the friends we made along the way. Like, <laughs> let me put it. Let me put it this way. Like, my perfect gaming methodology, it, whenever I'm playing a rage game, is to have a game on the back burner that I can play to calm myself the fuck down. This would be perfect if I were also playing Elden Ring. Which yeah. I am, by the way. Yeah. I'm in the middle of my Elden Ring campaign. You need that palate cleansing game. <laughs> so despite the fact that this review was clearly meant to talk about the pros and the cons of the new SpongeBob Cosmic Shake game, it just made me want to buy it more when I, honest to God, didn't give two shits about this game in the first place. Yeah, well, the art... the uh, Because review, it sounds lovely. Yeah, the review just... It, it focuses a lot on the negative and how this game could be better for adults. Right. But... I think this game sounds perfect for kids. Like, if I were 10 years old again, hell yeah, this would be my game of the year pick because it looks like they put the care in. It looks like everything is there that's all SpongeBob. And now I do want to say, kind of bringing it all to a close at the end here, again from the article, it's a game I recommend to fans of SpongeBob SquarePants with ease. So everybody. (laughs) Yeah, for everybody. For those looking for a great platformer, though, better options lie elsewhere in the sea. Yeah, no shit. Yes, because this is a game made for children. (laughs) 
This isn't supposed to be that, like, groundbreaking, revolutionary platformer. God this is it. just a SpongeBob game. We've got, like, ten of them at this point. And I d- here's the thing. I think that you can, like, if it's newer IPs, like, you can make a game that has a serviceable campaign and story for kids that can be funny for adults as well, right? Like, those do exist, but Spo- not for SpongeBob. No. And, hey, there's collectibles in the game, too. You like collectibles? I do love collectibles. I'm going to love this game. I am definitely not going to give it the review that this reviewer (laughs) did with a 7 out of 10, which is not a bad game. It's a good game. It's But it's a very mid game. I don't know. I think 7 is still, like, that's above average territory. Yeah, but 7 for Game Informer is, like, a 5. Now, if this was IGN... (laughs) It'd be like three. (laughs) All right. So what's really funny about this is we've talked about accessibility in the past, right? We've read articles where people ask the question, should hard, like like games that are made to be intentionally extraordinarily difficult, should those have extremely easy modes to be more accessible to people who just aren't that good at video games? I would like to propose to you the opposite. (laughs) Do do games that are made to be extraordinarily easy need to have a hyper difficulty mode for the adult, for the 29 to 55 year old man or woman that is playing SpongeBob Cosmic Shake? They just got, (laughs) they got a Crash Bandicoot setting for difficulty. You, you're not going to make it with your toes there. You're going to fall right off the edge. Right. It's just... Uh... I mean, maybe we could coin that, given the ultra mega hard difficulty for easy children's platformers. Here's ironically where this would be a really good idea. In the last, like, decade, Pokemon fans have been complaining that Pokemon games are have become way too easy. And after playing Pokemon Gold... I 100% agree that it's gotten a lot easier. I mean, that's relatively evident with your rival picking the weak starter type compared to whatever starter you pick. Yeah. I don't like that, by the by. Or by or like I tried to catch a level three Pidgey, <laughs> and it literally broke out of the Pokeball. <laughs> You're not even supposed to have to hit the damn thing. Like, it just catches. Exactly. At that level, like 100%. So... Maybe this guy's actually onto something. Maybe he's onto something. Let's make games ridiculously hard for children just to build some character. Just to build some character. <laughs> I had to learn, so so do you. <laughs> All right. Well, so speaking of Wesley LeBlanc, uh, we have another article from Wesley LeBlanc on Game Informer. Yep. Cat Suit Mario Donkey Kong make an appearance in new Super Mario Bros. Teether, teaser trailer. Ooh, okay. What's the article tell us about this? I mean, literally just that. Like, this article's title was the entire teaser trailer that was released for the yeah. Mar- Mario movie. Uh, but let's get into it. During yesterday's, I think this was yesterday's, we're recording on Monday, so this would have been Sunday, the 29th of January. Yep. Um, there was a Mario movie trailer. In the middle of the football game. In the game. middle of the fucking playoffs. Like, yes, go on. <laughs> that that in and of itself is just like, what? Uh, okay. We'll, we'll get we'll get there, because we'll, I got some questions about that. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so this little teaser was only about 30 to 45 seconds. The first half of it we've already seen. It's Mario getting the shit rocked out of him by yep. Donkey Kong. But this time, 
we get to hear Seth Rogen's voice because yes. as the trailer goes on, Mario hits a question block and receives a power up, jumps down in his feline cat suit <laughs> and says and meow, meow in Chris Pratt's voice. <laughs> yeah, Chris Pratt uh, just meow. God damn it, that pissed me off. Anyway, that's got to be his bedroom voice, right? Oh Jesus, why would you say that? <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, he says it to Tom Holland every time there. <laughs> meow. <laughs> To wit, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong just rolls on the ground laughing at Mario. Just like, what are you going to do as a cat? And then, like, serious face. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Doesn't say that, but he's like, let's go or something right, He like says, that. I'm going to kill you. Or, yeah, like, or now you die or now something you die like that. Or something like that. And then charges him. And we don't get to see the result of the fight. Yeah. But... I love Seth Rogen's voice. I'm just going to throw it out there right now because I think that's kind of what we wanted to hit on with this article because that's really the only new information we've gotten is we got to hear Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Now, a lot of people are saying that, oh, it's just Seth Rogen. Yeah. But does Seth Rogen need to jazz up his voice to be Donkey Kong? Like, I think Seth Rogen is already kind of Donkey Kong-ish. Hmm. I disagree with you. Really? You don't like it? No. Okay. I, uh, I look. Here's the thing. I it could have been Seth Rogen being chosen. And by the way, I love Seth Rogen. I love his shitty movies. They're my <laughs> favorite. I love you Seth Rogen. Talk shit Super, on Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Fucking love it. Uh, what's the name? The end of the world. This is this the is the end. That's one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. We just got robbed by Hermione Granger. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I love Seth Rogen. When I heard his voice for Donkey Kong, I got the same Chris Pratt vibes. But then, like, I've been thinking about this a lot today, right? Because what makes Charlie Day great as Luigi is the fact that you have that Charlie Day twist in it, right? What makes Bowser phenomenal is you know it's Jack Black going with his raspier voice. So the reason why that doesn't work with Chris Pratt as Mario is because Chris Pratt may know what... Like, if you don't fit the bill as Mario, that's fine, but then you need to do something with your voice and, like, your inflection and the way you voice act to make yourself Mario. Yeah. Which is why it's different for Chris Pratt than it is as Mario than it is for, like, Jack Black as Bowser. But then hearing Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong I felt the same way I did about Chris Pratt. Really? Yeah. Huh. I was not impressed. Huh. That's that's interesting. I mean, I didn't think that Seth Rogen really needed to do anything. I mean, he just kind of has that voice that I feel like embodies Donkey Kong. And I just... But that's almost the thing is like, it's almost as if Seth Rogen did try and do something more Donkey Kong-ish. And if he literally just stuck to his... <laughs> like, yeah, that would have been perfect. I know. That would have been perfect DK. See, I might have to go back and listen to this trailer again because I watched this a few hours ago and I, I liked it and I, I really thought that that was Chris Pratt's laugh because, like, when I think of a... Uh, not Chris Pratt. Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah. Well, when I think of Seth Rogen laughing, I kind of see a gorilla. Like, I see <laughs> a gorilla at the zoo just going like... <laughs> just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the same for me. Maybe I need to go back and listen to it. But to be fair, I've watched the trailer like five or six times now, just to make sure. Because you know how it goes. They like to hide things in plain sight with these trailers. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a video game movie, so there's Easter eggs aplenty. Yeah. So next, let's talk about the ridiculousness that is 
exhibiting a brand new Super Mario Brothers movie trailer during the fucking NFL playoffs. How many people really cared about this? Yes! (laughs) Like, if you created a Venn diagram of people who wanted the Eagles to win and people who wanted that new info on the Super Mario movie, how much overlap is there? Not a lot. I can tell you for certainty working for a company that is mostly sports. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. Sports and a few other podcasts and us. Yeah. The overlap of yeah, people, yes. <laughs> if we were to, like, advertise our podcast on any of their sports podcasts, no one would care. Everyone would be like, who the fuck are these just, losers? I want to listen to the 8 millionth time about why Scott Frost sucks. <laughs> well, he's... he's Long gone now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the offensive director or whatever is in more hot water now, but we'll... <laughs> not a sports it's not podcast. Sp- it's not a not sports, a sports pod- podcast. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's exactly the fucking point. Is like, look, I get it. NFL is prime time television. We're like, that's the best spot to put for ads because you've got that big viewer base. But those viewer base aren't going to really be people that are interested in the Super Mario movie if they've got to watch two and a half hours of fake uh, fucking the Eagles playing. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't imagine it. But maybe, maybe the algorithm stuck. Like, maybe the algorithm was like, yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. And, like, it actually generated a lot of interest. I just don't fucking... I don't don't buy it. I don't believe so. I don't think so. I think everyone was up getting a beer when this commercial ran. For fuck's sake. I mean, look, here's the thing about people who go into marketing. These people have to go get a... They don't have to, but they get college degrees or they do like a Google search program. Like they dedicate themselves to learning the arts of marketing. But I see so many commercials that I feel like are just out of touch and bad. Yeah. Why is that if you spend your entire life learning how to cater and pander specific messages to people? That shouldn't be a thing. Okay, I'll ask you this question, though. Where do you think this ad for the Mario movie should have been played? Like, if not in in the middle of an NFL game, what channel between what programming do you think this would have been more successful? I mean, for one thing, would it have been, if it had been ready about three a month earlier, Game Awards? Yeah. We did see some uh, bit of Mario at the Game Awards. Didn't we get Anna Joy Taylor's voice? At the we moment? did. We did. We got another trailer, but I mean, introducing Cat Mario. Eh. <laughs> yeah, but then, <laughs> but then you got to... Okay, look- okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't know. Like, there's always, like, uh, esports tournaments are always going on. Like, how about one of those, for a fucking example? Or uh, even go with, even going with cable television, right? Like, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, D- uh, Disney, I don't fucking know. But, look, that I'm not a marketing guy. But the fucking NFL playoffs? I mean, they, at, at the very least, a lot of people saw it. Like, a lot they, of may not have, it. they may not have cared, but, like... As far as America goes, that Eagles game that everyone was watching on Sunday, yep. the 29th, that was a good airspace to get it acknowledged. Like, you put uh, yeah. it on TBS or, like, the Sci-Fi Channel, yeah, like, a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand are going to see it. But if you want prime time reveal trailer, I think the best way to go was for the NFL. If not that... Just release this fucker on YouTube. 
Just put yeah. it out there on YouTube. And, you know, to play devil's advocate against myself, like, with the way that quote-unquote nerd culture is now, it's not that unfathomable to believe that there is, like, a pretty big cross-section of people who are interested in the NFL and also the Super Mario movie. I mean, it's fair. You know, I... Uh, I bet a lot of those people watching the football game have kids that want to see this movie. And it's really funny. I was actually cooking dinner last night for my family, so I was in the kitchen cooking when my uncle was like, JP Super Mario Movie News! <laughs> and I just came waddling in with my apron and my oven mitts. <laughs> what? And you hear a pan drop, just that <laughs> slow, like, shung, 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 Where's the movie? That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I can make sound effects. All right, so uh, we talked about Seth Rogen's voice. We talked about the ad in the NFL. Honestly, not a lot of other new information, but I did want to pose this question. There's been so many Mario games. They've obviously chosen only the best power-ups, which is why we got Cat Mario. <laughs> yeah. What uh, If you had to pick one other off-the-wall Mario power-up to see in the game, what would it be? Ooh. Well, Tanuki Mario would always be fun. I yep. think it would be really funny for Tanuki Mario to have made an appearance instead of Cat Mario. Yeah. Because, like, would have came down, Donkey Kong attack, and then Mario just goes statue. Mm. And then Donkey Kong just goes right by Mario. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a fun Easter egg. Um, Metal Mario. Metal Mario would have been N64 cool. N64 Metal Mario. Uh, Blue Shell Mario or Hammer Bro Mario. Ooh, Okay. Hammer Bro would be kind of fun, especially given the platform they were on was already kind of like one of those Hammer Bro platforms. Oh, totally. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I think... I'm not sure what the Cat Mario is going to do for the movie. I just... I really feel it like it was a one-off thing. Like, it that's seems like a comic only, relief. Yeah, like that's the only time you're going to see Cat Mario. Okay, actually, you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. I think... Cat Mario is going to be introduced two times in the movie. Okay. One at that scene that we saw where Mario's training against Donkey Kong to like learn how to fight, right? We're obviously Cat Mario's a fucking joke. I say we're going to also see him towards the end of the movie during the big showdown with Bowser, and he's going to get that Cat Mario <laughs> power up. Everyone's going to laugh at him. He's going to say, meow, in Chris Pratt's voice and fuck Bowser up. And then get the Gigabell. Yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. I'm calling it. And by the way, every once in a while, 60% of the time, I'm right all the time. So it's very... 60% of the time, I'm right <laughs> all the time. All right. That's all I had for the Mario movie. It was a very short and sweet trailer. No, but it was funny. It was fun it to was watch good. nonetheless. It was good. I like, I like Seth Rogen. And honestly, even if you don't like Seth Rogen, I don't imagine Donkey Kong is going to be too big of a character in this movie. All right. You ready to move on? Let's go. All right, finally, we are talking about GoldenEye 007, finally on Switch and Xbox, but it needs some work. Getting a little bit into the article here. First, the good news. After 20-plus years of waiting, GoldenEye is now fully playable on Xbox consoles and the Switch. Regardless of everything else in this spot, it's still really nice to have access to classic N64 games in 2023, which is true, right? I remember... All the games we've seen come to N64 for... It's not technically the virtual console on the Switch. What do we call it? I mean, we've been calling it a virtual console, but you're right. It, it isn't a virtual console. Right. Um, but it's also not the Switch eShop either. Just, yeah, just whatever. The N64 app on the Switch, I'll call it. So 
of all the games that have been announced, I would say GoldenEye 007 has received the most hype. Out of almost any, I'd say like the hype for that beat Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Majora's Mask. F- Pokemon Snap. I Even Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, who would have thought? Banjo-Kazooie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so look, the good news is GoldenEye is here. GoldenEye 007 is here. You can play it on these platforms. Get a little bit of that, of that nostalgia. Unfortunately, that's where the good news ends. Yeah, that's that's about all the good news we got here. <laughs> Getting a little bit more into the article. Okay, now the bad news. The port is pretty bare bones and basic. We knew before today that the Xbox port would lack online multiplayer, as that was a functionally the Switch was going to get. But since its release last night, fans have found other shortcomings too. So, what have those shortcomings been? Well, I think the best place to look is actually comparing it to basically what the hell happened to Ocarina of Time when it came to the Switch, right? So, number one, um, there have been a few bugs with 007, right? Like, the music cutting out, just like Ocarina of Time. Which sucks, because all of the music in 007 Goldeneye are fucking bangers. Bangers, right? Absolutely. So, the picture looks weird, which is actually really, really odd. Like, do you remember when we were talking about Ocarina of Time? And actually, it looks different in the Switch version that you get through the N64 app. Like, it's hard to put your finger on, but if you've played the original to the Switch version, you notice a difference. Well, actually, someone figured it out from the very first area, and it was such a subtle change that no one figured it out. But then once someone said it, it was so obvious. The fog was gone. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, the N64. Every game had this weird fog that, like, gave you depth. And because of the fog being gone, all you saw were these shitty trees in the distance. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So, the music cuts out. Game's a little fuzzy. Just doesn't look as good as you remember it, which, to be fair, that's any game from back in the day. Yeah, fair. The only, like, real piece of criticism where I'm like, okay, come on now, is people are complaining that the game is only 30 FPS. Yes, although... Like, come on! There is a little bit of justification with this because people have been modding GoldenEye to be at 60 FPS for, like, almost a decade now. True, but... Okay, here's an unpopular opinion. Whenever people, whenever you see those fucking smug TikTokers that are like, why are you still buying a Switch? You know, you can just get all these games on the fucking Steam Deck. I'm like, well, not without, like, breaking it, right? Like, not without jailbreaking it and, like, doing illegal stuff. Like, I don't want to do that. Don't want to pirate games. Uh, I mean, yes, I do. But, <laughs> but like, your average consumer's not going to know how to do that. Uh, like, you know what I mean? No, and... And as far as emulation goes, it's difficult if you don't know what you're doing. Right. And plus, like, if you really want the authentic experience of playing GoldenEye 007, 30 FPS is it. That's that's exactly the target they hit on the N64. <laughs> so, we've got this information, right? 007. Everybody was looking forward to this game, and it still had issues. My first question for you, Zar. Why the fuck can't Nintendo get this right? (laughs) Well, first, I want to preface this by talking a little bit about Xbox and everything, because Xbox Okay, uh, to be fair, yes, you're right. Xbox is in on it, too. Yes, and I know that there's a lot of confusion, a lot of anger out there, because the Switch over the Xbox is getting the multiplayer function for GoldenEye, which 
don't get me wrong, it seems backwards. It seems like Xbox should take over the multiplayer and Switch should not do anything with that. Which but, I don't blame them at all for believing, by the way, because Switch can't do online. No, I'm sorry, it, it, Nintendo doesn't do online. It just it can't. And I mean, if you were to give Xbox a multiplayer setting, like a mo- online multiplayer setting for GoldenEye, yeah, it would perform better. That's not in question. The only problem with that is there are so many legal ramifications surrounding this game. Who owns it? Who's allowed to publish it? Who's allowed to do anything with it? In the contract, shifting and signing, Xbox just did not get multiplayer. So that's understandable. It's frustrating because Xbox probably could do the multiplayer better. Right. But we're done talking about Xbox now. That's that's I, settling that. It's not... Like, I don't want to take... Like, say, Xbox had nothing to do with it. But, like, GoldenEye 007 started off as a baby for the N64. Oh, yeah. It was one of the biggest selling points for the N64 exactly, yeah, as precisely. opposed to the PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1. By the way, do you want to feel old? Do you know when this game came out? 1996. Oh my god, you were really close. 97. Oh, okay, okay, because I, I do remember this was one of the first games that my babysitter when I was very, very young got for her Nintendo 64. I am only two years older than GoldenEye 007. <laughs> <laughs> It shows. <laughs> so, uh, shut up. So, <laughs> I was talking about the fuck, game. Hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> I was talking about the game. All right, so, fine, you're right. Xbox is not clear of the blame here either. Well, well But I, what about Nintendo? Why can't they get this right when they're fucking up their big titles like Ocarina of Time, making them weird? And, well, that's what I was, I was going to say. You is know? Xbox is completely... Un, un at fault here. Like, they are not at fault for this because they just took the port that they were given. Okay, fair and enough. did what they could with it. Well, back to my original question, then. Why can't it? Exactly. And so, looping that back around, this is 100% Nintendo's fault. <sighs> and it's not proper optimization. I mean, you're talking about things like frame rate... Uh, not frame rate drops because it's already... Shit, it's already it's, shitty frame accept, rate. But that's acceptable, <laughs> in my opinion, with a game this old. Music cutting out? Like, levels being glitchy? Like, uh, I just don't understand how this happens. Textures unloading or just, like, looking really sharp and right. large. That None of that sh- should exist. And it's happening, and it's not just... It's been with almost every popular game, right? Like, I remember one of the biggest ones that people were bitching about was Mario Kart 64. Yep. That was horribly optimized. Well, it, it almost had some, like, input lag to it. Yes! Levels dropping out, music dropping out, which, by the way, Mario Kart without music is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. So, why, why? They're charging people for this, Zard. They are charging people extra money every year to have this service where they get the N64, SNES, NES games, and they're fucking it up! Yeah. They don't care! They don't. I think that's what it comes down to is a lack of care. They think that, oh, it's a Nintendo game. We've done this once before. We can just carry this over and there'll be no problems. Mm. But essentially, you have to make a new game. Yeah. And that's that's just not what we're seeing. And, I mean, this article goes on and talks a lot about how you should just emulate this game because there are so many fans out there that have put it in 4k Mm -hmm. they've done 60 fps they've even like 
overhauled all the graphics to make it look realistic. Like, there's there's a Banjo-Kazooie mod for GoldenEye. (laughs) For fuck's sake. I've played it. It's fun. But, like, there are so many ways to enjoy it. And it just feels like for all of the hype, all of the nostalgia, Mm. all of the memories behind this gem of a game just got squandered. Like, they just put it up for namesake alone. Totally. Totally. So, one of the other things that were complained about with uh, 007 was the controls, actually, which I found really bizarre because (laughs) if you... To anyone out there that's never held an N64 controller before, it's not fantastic. And have you ever played GoldenEye on the N64? It's not great. It's really fucking not, and that is where I want to end this conversation by simply asking you the question, do you think that people are looking at this game through rose-tinted glasses? And I mean, we look at all games through rose-tinted glasses, but this game more than others, maybe? Actually, I'm going to agree with you there. You think so? I am going to say yes, because I have... I think we played GoldenEye, like, last year or something. And it was a garbage fest. It was not what we remembered. It wasn't very fun. Let me say this. If we have to switch to grabbed by the goo- ghoulies. <laughs> Conquer live and reload Then, like, yeah, your game might suck. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of the shittiness of the original N64 game exists. Like, the fact that when you aim your gun, as soon as you stop aiming it, 007 is going right. to kick it right back to the middle of the screen, fucking up all of your shots. And look, I totally get, like, trying to make excuses for unoptimized controls just because you want it to work. I used to think the Wii Fit was fun. Okay, so, I got, <laughs> look, I get it. I get it. But you need to look at this objectively, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think people have rose-tinted glasses with this. I think it's serviceable. Uh, I mean, the old game. We're not. We are not justifying the new game that Nintendo felt like releasing. Uh, but I would be curious to see if the Xbox port has many of the same flaws yeah. between, like, the music dropping out and other such bugs. Yeah, I totally would be too. All right, that is all we've got for the articles today. You ready to move on to some quick takes? Let's go. All right. Quick take number one, HBO's The Last of Us will return for season two, to which JP says, yeah, no shit. And to which Czar says, not surprising. I mean, season one has been phenomenal so far. Uh, I think another episode just dropped uh, yesterday from the time we're recording this, so I have to get uh, caught back up. But yeah, uh, spoiler alert for a TV show that's about a video game. I just got to the, they just got to the part where Tess dies. Spoilers! Spoil- Shut up! <laughs> Which is a little ironic, considering something else that just happened, by the way. I wouldn't say ironic. More we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Um, people have been just absolutely adoring this TV show. Even, what's really funny is at the Smash tournament, um, the gentleman who was uh, kind of coming around afterwards to clean up, he had a Fireflies tattoo Ooh. on his arm. So I asked him, I was like, dude, how do you like the uh, Last of Us TV show? And he fucking loved it. And that seems to be the resounding answer from all of the internet community. And to all of those assholes bullying poor Bella Ramsey, poor Bella Ramsey. fuck you, this show is successful, it's good, it's getting season two. I don't think she cares, to be honest. Like, I, I'm uh, Good for her if she doesn't care. Fuck all of those internet <laughs> trolls out there bullying a, 
like 15 year old girl. I mean, she's 19, but 19, she's 19. A teenage girl. You shouldn't bully anybody no. by the way they look. But no. No. But still, fuck those guys. All right. Next up. Oh, you're going to think this is hilarious. Okay. So, Epic Games reportedly shut down Rumbleverse. Now, Rumbleverse got a little bit of attention. If you don't remember Rumbleverse, it was another Battle Royale game that was introduced by Epic. Now, that's not why I care about this article. I care about this article for one of the funniest sentences I've ever seen in a gaming <laughs> article. Quote To quote uh, comicbook.com from, uh, let's see, I have to find Tyler Fisher. Tyler, you're my new best friend because I think this is hilarious. Why the game is being shut down? It's not said, but it likely has something to do with the fact that virtually no one is playing the game. That <laughs> that don't get a game <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yeah, just like I could almost feel the disdain, just the <laughs> nail on the head. Probably <laughs> 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 the fact, <laughs> like he, you know, if he were there in the board meeting with Epic, why is no one playing Rumbleverse? He'd be the guy in the back with like the loosened up tie. You know, smoking a cigarette. just Because no one's playing the fucking game, Jeffrey. Maybe because it takes 40 minutes to jump <laughs> into a game. No one likes the fucking game. Uh, so, yeah, if you were one of the eight people who uh, liked Rumbleverse and probably also own a Wii U, uh, sorry, the game's going down. Bummer. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> For all of those 12 people out there, that's a real bummer. All right, here's a fun one. Bethany College to offer eSport gaming management minor. This is really cool. I, hell, if, if this would have been offered when I was in college, this would have helped the Smash tournament go a lot smoother. Yeah, no kidding. The funny thing <laughs> is the organization that I work for, like we've looked into eSport gaming stuff before. Like, oh, really? That's yeah, cool. we have. Um, it's something I'm trying to get back off the ground, but... Uh, to get more authenticity out of like, look, this is important. Like I might have to look at this article and be like, Hey, look, this is happening at like other places. Esports yeah. management. Yeah. Send this to the higher ups. Uh, I did want to excerpt a little bit from this uh, article. So the minor will require 18 hours or six courses for completion. Course yep. requirement framework will be based on students gaining basic knowledge of computer programming, communications, and business courses. Required classes will also include sales marketing and promotional courses to aid future business pursuits. So this is legit. This is Oh, 100%. Like it's not just a, it's not just a oh you like gaming, well here come get this minor. Like no, they've got communication classes, business, marketing like that. It's a legit minor. You will be taking <laughs> Esport 400 distribution of games. That sounds like fun. I, that I, sounds I, like that such sounds like a lot of fun. Cool I take that course. class. Yeah, this and that course will allow students to create plans to launch a new game through distribution using agile. Yeah, agile planning methods. Agile. Agile. Cargile. <laughs> with a project fair to end the course. I like, love it. That's super I think that's cool. cool. If if I was attending Bethany College, hell yes, I would sign up for this class, and I hope more universities across the country start implementing these minors. Oh well, this is how it starts. Like, I legitimately give it ten years, and I bet this is going to be way more more widespread. Maybe not to the point where you can get like your doctorate in esport gaming. <laughs> that's another twenty, but like <laughs> doctorate in esports, yeah. All right, one last quick take. Unfortunately, this one is not as fun. Oh, this is a sad one. Yep. Annie Wershing, uh, the Last of Us video game actress, dies at 45 thanks to uh, cancer. Oof. 
Mm-hmm. So Annie Wershing, here's the funny thing. She didn't have a lot of prominent roles in the gaming sphere. You probably know her from a lot more movies that she did. Like she was in a Star Trek movie, Ooh. some movie called 24, blah, 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 blah. But the most recently, and the reason why this is topical, she played in the video game. She was the voice of Tess for The oh. Last of Us. Oh, no. The person that just died in the TV show, that Tess, well, her voice actress in the video game just passed away. Oh. For realsies. Wasn't Tess kind of a big player in The Last of Us Part 2? Or... No, Tess okay. died. No. Okay, so Tess... So, basically, okay. here, uh, here's what Tess did. Um, so, you know, Joel's daughter, Sarah, dies. Mm-hmm. Um... You fast forward 20 years or so into the future. Joel is this really rugged, um, just this super rugged, like just mountain man. pissed off mountain man, old man strength, yada, yada. The only person he's, his plan is to escape from the hellhole that is like whatever this government quote unquote's created. The only person who he's been able to like love and confide in since his daughter was Tess. Oh, okay. Who kind of like had her own like sad backstory before they... Joel and Tess found each other. Well, basically, like, Joel and Tess, when they're first tasked with getting Ellie across the country because they find out she's immune, um, very early in the game, Tess sacrifices herself um, when there's, like, a horde of zombies around and the clickers. Uh, she sacrifices herself by making a distraction so Joel can take Ellie and get the hell out of there. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and you know what? I'm going to make a brutal assertion. Her death in The Last of Us, the TV show, was much harder to watch. Ooh, really adding that extra layer of, of empathy. It, was, it wasn't just the real people. It was different, too. Like, in the video game, Ellie dies via, or not Ellie, uh, Tess dies via other people with guns, just other people shoot her. Um, in the TV show, you actually see, like, she's trying, but what she's trying to do is kill all those clickers, by putting oil all over the ground and lighting it on fire with her lighter, but the lighter won't ignite. Oh, one of those moments. So actually a clicker walks up to her and you actually see the process of like them locking mouths and like the clicker like putting the spores yeah, in her mouth, which is disgusting to watch, by the way. Clickification. Clickification. And then the lighter finally, ping, and then... Ah. Oh yeah, by the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, there's big spoilers there. It's well, a vi- it's based off a video game that, that is I will never old. play. <laughs> okay, my biggest question on The Last of Us before moving away, do you think they will remaster season 1 before season 2 comes out? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, ending that one on a humorous note, I do want to say in all seriousness, rest in peace, Annie. That is very sad. Thank you for your service, Annie. So you want to go on to upcoming game releases now? It's all yours. All righty. So on the first day of February, we have Albacete Warrior for the Xbox Series and Xbox One. We have Reactor X2 for the PC, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. Rhythm Sprout for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Then on February 2nd, we have Deliver Us Mars for the PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. Exit Man Deluxe for the Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PlayStation 4. 
Fashion Police Squad for the PlayStation yeah. 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. Heirs of the Kings for the Xbox Series and Xbox One and PC. The Pathless for the Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. And then finally, on February 3rd, we have Speedway Racing for the Xbox Series and Xbox One. And our last game on this game release list is Spellforce Conquest of EO for the PC. This is a really heavy Xbox and PC week, isn't it? That must be why I've never heard of any of these games. Honestly, <laughs> I'm the Xbox guy, I haven't heard of a single fucking game on this list. Okay, okay, so look. Look, there's not a lot of heavy hitters this week, but <laughs> Fashion Police Squad piqued my interest. By namesake alone, that is our yeah. hype up game. <laughs> so I, I, I went to the Steam page. Get this Fashion Police Squad is a humorous retro first person shooter where you fight against fashion crime using attire enhancing weaponry. Clean the streets of socks and sandals as Sergeant Dez and experience a single-player story full of fabulous characters, dazzling encounters, and fierce runway shows. This is like the reverse waifu game. My fa- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. From Games Inquirer, forget Spider-Man PC, Fashion Police Squad has a better swing system and is one of the most uniquely special FPS games ever. <laughs> From Tech Raptor, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Fashion Police Squad. It's an FPS unlike any other. Are you about to make me unironically buy Fashion Police Squad? I guess so. You're going to have to tell us how that is next week. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm actually so curious. All you fashionistas out there, February 2nd, go get Fashion Police Squad. 20 bucks. It's- well, that's, that's not a bad price I for a game on release. On shit, you know? like, yeah. I've done worse with less. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, Fashion Police Squad. Oh, man. And, of course, next week is going to be chaotic because uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, yeah. It's going to be dropping, so we'll probably have a little more tidbits about that. Yeah, but we'll uh, talk about that when it comes. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just want this game here. I want to stop talking about all the controversy. Yeah, but the controversy is not going to stop when the game releases. It's not? No. No, no, sweet summer child. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, man. I think that does it for this episode. You ready to get out of here? That will do it for this week, everybody. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.